Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 26. Let's go. 26.1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So here we go, 26.1. There's a famine in the land. So we've seen this before. We're seeing it again. There's a famine. It's hard to eat. Trying to figure out where to go, what to do. Is he going to trust God? Is he going to listen to God, call upon God? Or is he just going to do his own thing? So it says, there was a famine in the days of Abraham. We already studied that earlier in Genesis. Abraham left. Now we've got Isaac. He went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Gerar is on the border of Egypt, still in the land of Canaan, not in the, not in the land of Egypt, so he hasn't left. In fact, he's the only patriarch that doesn't leave the land of Canaan. He stays in Canaan his entire life. But boy, is he on the edge right there going out under Gerar. I could just kind of imagine, I'm, I'm, I'm making this up, so don't hold me to this biblically, but I can just imagine him going down there and just saying, you know, I'm, I think I'm heading heading to Egypt. i, I got to figure this thing out. And then there's you know this tug on him, which is, no, stay here. This is the land I've got for you. This is the land. He's just trying to figure it out, but he's looking over, and, and it almost reminds me of people trying to live in the world and of the world at the same time with kind of being on that fence that um uh what's that uh i can't think of the term right now the oh lukewarm christian right you're kind of half in you're half out which means you're not you're you're totally cold and god's going to vomit you out of his his mouth right so we've got to make this decision we're going to trust god we're going to trust the world we're going to trust god with the truth or we're going to trust our feelings, which can change and sway and do from town to town and culture and culture, geography to geography and, and time to time. We want to understand that truth is truth. It's from God. It's unchanging. It's absolute. And we can count on that. We can look through the Bible and see that. We can look logically and see that there has to be truth. And why is this important? Because so many people today are basing their entire philosophy, their life philosophy, what they choose to do and not to do, what they fight for, and they base it all on their feelings. It's running our politics today, unfortunately and sadly. It's destroying America as we know it right now. Hopefully, we can still save it. But, uh, you know, God gives us absolute truth. The, The absolute truth, and it's very logical to think about, is that someone created us. Someone created us. And that's why we're here. We didn't evolve. The eye is way the the eyeball. You know how the eye sees is way too complex for that. Just our bodies and and how everything came together. It, it could not have happened by accident. It couldn't have formed over billions and billions of years. Someone created us. So there are absolutes. And we get to verse two here. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, "So the Lord is appearing to Isaac. That's cool." 
Uh, I've never had the Lord appear to me and talk verbally to me. I hope one day that I can hear him audibly, uh, but I haven't. Uh, but many people around the world have at some point. Uh, some people once or twice or three times. Here we're seeing it happen to Isaac. It's happened to many of the people in, that we've read about in Genesis so far. And remember that God does talk audibly to some people, and he appears to many people in dreams and visions, particularly in the Middle East, Um, less so in the United States, but for whatever reason he has. um, We can go into that another time. But he says, do not go down to Egypt. Here's like a little mini command. Do not, do not, do not, do not go down to Egypt. He doesn't want them to leave the land of Canaan. He's saying, live in the land, which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. So he's basically saying, if you do this, then I'll do this. And he's telling him something that's good for him. Right now, Isaac's probably thinking, well, should I trust God who's telling me this, or should I trust my instincts and my feelings that say to go down to Egypt where there is not a famine and there's food? And remember, Isaac is wealthy, right? He's not poor. He's not destitute. He's not struggling. He's not paycheck to paycheck or hoping that he gets a meal that day. He's got money he's wealthy so that's something else to consider here is um, that he has the money to to buy food but it just must be so hard to get at this point uh, that his wealth isn't uh, doing a whole lot for him i'm guessing and it says for to you and your descendants i give all these lands and i will perform the oath which i swore to abraham your father so god's reminding him that he made an oath with his father that god's word is true and you can trust it and you don't need to go outside of god's will to try to force something so often in our lives, and I want you to think about this, is there anything right now that you're pushing, that you're forcing, that you're not trusting God? Many of us probably have something in our life that we can point to right now. And this is not anything other than let's think about that. Let's challenge ourselves to say, okay, you know what? I think I'm pushing this over here. I want to push less or push not at all and pray more and just trust God. And maybe I get the answer I want and maybe I don't. And if I don't get the answer I want, am I going to be okay with it? Because God's plan is better than ours. And he puts us through some tough situation. He tests us. And he does that with purpose. There's purpose in the process. He does not waste pain. And he allows these situations that he puts us in or allows us to be in. And the temptations, he doesn't tempt us. He allows the devil to tempt us and the devil's demons uh, to tempt us. But he won't tempt us. He will test us. And there's purpose behind that. So... Are we going to trust him, or are we going to keep pushing on our own? And we're going to see that Isaac's uh, struggling in some of those areas right here in just a minute. But God's making this promise, the oath which I swore to Abraham, Father, and I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. So he's continuing that oath. Isaac is now fully realizing, if he hadn't realized it before, okay, God promised this to Abraham. I got the birth right now. It's now promised through me, and here we go, right? This is through me. This is on me. So I better listen to God. I want to to bless all the nations. I want to multiply like this. I've only got two kids right now. And, um, you know, he's got Jacob and Esau, which we just studied in the last chapter. And we'll we'll study again later. But is he going to trust him? Because he's got this promise from God, and you've got a promise from God. God promises that if you trust in him, you will have heaven. So if you're worried about money, you have all you need in heaven. If you're worried about sleeping and free time and peace and vacation, you'll get it all in heaven. 
We must, all of us, and this is me in the mirror talking to myself too, we got to trust him more and uh, stop pushing our feelings as much and stop trying to go on on the moment and try to push things and just trusting God more. I think all of us could do a better job at that with it, and with at least one thing in their life right now, in my life, I think we can we can work on that together. It says, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. So he's God is applauding Abraham right here for obeying his voice. So what he said to him, keeping his charge, his commandments, his statutes, his laws. And we want to do that too, right? We don't want to say, okay, I trust you, God, but then go over here and do something completely different. It's like if your kid says, oh, I trust you, mom and dad, that you say not to uh, go out and drive drunk or something like that, right? And then they go out and they drive drunk or they drive high or they do all this and that and they're going to have to figure it out for themselves and make their own mistakes and and figure out that there's consequences uh, to to bad decisions and of course to sin so we want to think about those things as we're trying to figure out who god wants us to be and who we are and who we want to be and of course who we should want to be if we're a christ follower is to mimic God as much as we can, to emulate Him and to look like Him to the best of our ability. But we're going to screw up. It's not We're not perfect, and we're not going to be perfect. We still have this sinful flesh that has so many desires and gets tempted left and right. And But God is good. And in heaven, we're going to get our glorified bodies. But on this earth, we have to live with this flesh, and we have to work through that. Verse 6. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. So we talked about that. He did not go down to Egypt. He sat right on the border. And seven, and the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister. Oh, man, come on. Your dad did the same thing, Isaac, and now you're doing it? It says, for he was afraid to say she is my wife because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebecca because she is beautiful to behold. All right, so Isaac had... uh, it sounds like trusted God for about 20 years, not getting pregnant. He and his wife could not have children. Cried out to God. Got pregnant. Got twins. Like, got double what he was asking for. <laughs> and he now we've got the, the uh, descendants. Are, many descendants are going to come through him. They're going to multiply as the stars of the heaven. God's talking to him. There's a famine in the land. He's trying to figure it out. He's probably on one hand trying to trust God. On the other hand, trying to go based on his feelings. And now he's going to repeat the same exact sin and mistake that his dad made, right? Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah, and said, she's my sister, which was a half-truth because it was his half-sister, but it was a whole lie because it was also his wife, and that was a more important fact. He was leaving out a material fact, and an omission of a material fact is a whole lie. And so if you go into somewhere and you're like, oh, it's, it's a half-truth. No, half-truth is a whole lie. So if you're in one right now, repent, confess, and move forward. And Abimelech is this uh, king of the Philistines. It was a title. So this may have been the same Abimelech that Abraham had a run-in with. It could have been you know, his son or another you know, grandson or something like that. But it could have been the same Abimelech because it was within a time period when that one could have still been alive. But nonetheless, I just think it's interesting. We're, you know, He's getting in trouble in the same way that uh, his father Abraham did. And I wonder if Abraham told him that story and was like, hey, Isaac, here's what I did. And here, you know, God sent plagues to Pharaoh and he let me go. And then he sent a dream to Abimelech and, and he let me go. 
It could have killed me. could have killed my wife. It all turned out okay. I wonder if Isaac hears that story. Much like you may have heard some of these glory stories from your mom or dad. Let's just say your dad. Your dad's telling your stories. You're like, oh, cool. I want to try that. Oh, I want that adventure. But just because your dad experienced that doesn't mean you need to experience that. doesn't make it a good thing, right? If Isaac had heard this story before, he should, and Abraham been the man that he became, should have been like, here's what I did. Don't do this. Don't repeat this. I made the mis- mistake and I'm sharing it with you, so hopefully you don't have to. But that didn't happen here. But with you at home and we, with me and my kids, there's so many things in my life where I could have teaching lessons for my kids to be like, look, here's what I did. I started drinking. I started drinking early. I started experimenting with this or that and girls and sex and whatever. Don't do this, right? Because those are teachable moments. Now, there's certain things you just may not want to share with your children, but they, you can also teach them to help them to learn from your mistakes. But be careful because if you glorify your past, they're probably going to want to live it up too. That's one of the big things that stuck out to me when I was studying for this lesson is uh, we have an opportunity to hopefully help shape and change the uh, trajectory of our children by helping them learn from our our mistakes. They're going to make plenty on their own, but then maybe they can tell their kids about our mistakes that we made and they didn't make, and then their mistakes that they made that they don't want their children to make, right? So that we get better and better, not for the sake of becoming perfect or becoming this sinless person, which we'll never be, because it's not about mastering your sin it's about submitting to the master and looking more like the master which is jesus and we can do that through all of this so may we learn from this he lied he said it's his sister we're going to study this more tomorrow but uh, for us our challenge uh, is to think about something in our life that we may not be trusting god with something that we may be letting our feelings uh, take over and the, probably the second challenge for today is if there's anything that we've kind of told stories to our children and kind of lived up to make them excited and then wanted to try it, but we know that we don't want them to, then may we also teach them, hey, this is a mistake I made that you don't need to make, and I hope that you don't make. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for loving us, even when we don't trust you, even when, even when we make decisions that are contrary to you. Lord, convict us. Help us to repent, help us to turn to you, help us to love you, and help us to choose you over this world every single time, even though I know we won't. But may we not use that as an excuse, but just as a desire to want to pray more because we know that we need your help desperately, daily. In your amazing name, amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com. Located in Austin, Texas, license number 288-7886.